the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. That is precisely what the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price are about. They teach us that in spite of what the world thinks of his kingdom, true disciples understand its real worth. They have the highest regard for it. The Lord wanted his disciples to understand that while the kingdom of heaven may be rejected, opposed, considered small and inconsequential by unbelievers, to believers there is nothing more valuable, nothing more precious, nothing more priceless than this great salvation that we have in him. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, continues his study of the parables in the 13th chapter of Matthew. Today we take up the twin stories of the hidden treasure and the costly pearl. Both stories tell us of a man who discovered something of such great value that he was willing to sell everything he owned in order to possess it. Jesus is teaching just how valuable the salvation that he offers really is. If your Bible is handy, would you open it to Matthew 13? But first, we want you to know about an exciting book offer. A newly published book, Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd, that's being offered to all our faithful listeners. This is a 207-page paperback book containing landmark sermons delivered by Pastor Steve Kreloff over the last 30 years. It is a great resource of information on topics like the life of Elijah, Esther, the Beatitudes, running the spiritual marathon, how to find God's peace, and much more. This book can be yours for a contribution this month of any size to Verse by Verse Ministries. Request the book when you send your contribution to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. You may also call and request the book. The phone number is 727-239-0306. You can contribute online at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Just click on the Support Us tab. Now, with today's class, here is Pastor Steve. Let's open our Bibles once again to the Gospel of Matthew. We are continuing our study, but we are looking at Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 44. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it he goes, and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls, and upon finding one pearl of great price, he went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, in these verses, we have two more parables. This, Matthew chapter 13, is the chapter on parables, or about seven parables in this chapter. These are two more. And I remind you, the purpose of of every one of the parables 
is to explain to Christ's disciples the nature of the kingdom. If you look back at verse 10 and 11, I remind you again, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them, them meaning the crowds, in parables? Jesus answered, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. The purpose of the parables are to explain this mystery form of the kingdom. It's not the millennial kingdom. It's not the messianic kingdom. There's a future reign of Christ physically on the earth. This is to explain what we call the church age in which Christ's kingdom now exists, but the king is not physically present. And these two parables continue to explain the nature of the kingdom. Now, the first one is known as the parable of the hidden Treasure, simply because Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. A man finds it, but it's been hidden in the field. The second of these parables is known as the parable of the pearl of great price or the pearl of great value, simply because Jesus said that his kingdom was also like a very costly pearl. Now, notice both of these parables are extremely brief. In fact, they are the briefest of all the parables found in Matthew 13. However, it would be wrong for us to mistake their brevity for insignificance because the truths found in these two parables are among the most profound and significant and important truths found anywhere in Scripture. We're going to look at the main truth, the main spiritual truth that's taught in these parables, but there are other truths that emerge from the main truth that we'll look at, Lord willing, next week. You see, in these two parables, Jesus not only taught about key truths concerning salvation, but he actually spelled out to his disciples, and this is really the point, the true value of the kingdom of heaven. What is its true worth, its true value? Now, why would Jesus feel compelled to tell his disciples anything about the true value of the kingdom? Why would he need to explain to his disciples that the kingdom is valuable? It's priceless. It's worth everything. Because think about it for a moment. Everything that Jesus has been saying up to this point about his kingdom gave them the impression that his kingdom really wasn't of much value, that it really wasn't worth a whole lot. Now think with me for a moment. You'll recall in each of Christ's previous parables, there has been some negativity associated with his teaching about the kingdom. For example, in the parable of the sower, Jesus spoke about a man who went out and sowed seed on a field and and the seeds scattered. And the point of that parable is to say in this church age, most people are going to reject the message of the kingdom. Most people are going to reject the gospel. The seed will fall upon hearts that are hard and rocky and indifferent and the cares of this world will crowd it out. So most people in this age will fail to see the value of, of his kingdom. They'll reject the gospel. That's a bit of negativity about the kingdom. Some, in fact, he said, will be so hardened to the gospel that they won't even give it a second thought. They won't even consider it important enough to think about it. Secondly, he went on to speak another parable, a parable about wheat and tares. And in that parable, Jesus stressed that his kingdom will be opposed by Satan and opposed by counterfeit Christians that that Satan will strategically put all around the world. So far from valuing the kingdom, these false believers will actually hold the kingdom in contempt. They'll try to hinder the work of the kingdom. That's another parable in which something of negativity is associated with his kingdom. Then last week, we looked at two parables that are very similar. They, They have the same 
basic message, the parable of the mustard seed, and the parable of the leaven. And we learn from those parables that Christ's kingdom would initially start off very small, very insignificant looking, even though they would eventually become large and very influential. But even so, from the world's perspective, Christ's kingdom always is considered unimpressive looking, right? Always. Unbelievers aren't impressed with with his kingdom, regardless of how meaningful the kingdom is, regardless of the impact that Christians and Christianity have on society, unbelievers still consider Christianity to be quite irrelevant and pretty unimportant in the large scale of things. That's how unbelievers look at it. I think it's absolutely foolish, in fact. Isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians he spoke about the, those unsaved who consider the preaching of the gospel to be foolish. So when you put it all together in light of all this negativity that is associated with the kingdom, Christianity, and that unbelievers have generally an attitude of disapproval about Christianity, Jesus felt compelled to explain to his true followers that in the, these next two parables, he's telling them about the true value and the true worth of his kingdom. In other words, he's going to teach his disciples that in contrast to how unbelievers view his kingdom, genuine believers understand its true value and they embrace it, folks, as the most important, precious thing in the entire world. That is precisely what the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price are about. They teach us that in spite of what the world thinks of his kingdom, true disciples understand its real worth. They have the highest regard for it. The Lord wanted his disciples to understand that while the kingdom of heaven may be rejected, opposed, considered small and inconsequential by unbelievers, to believers there is nothing more valuable, nothing more precious, nothing more priceless than this great salvation that we have in him. And that's why Jesus makes a comparison in these parables between his kingdom and two items that were of supreme value in his day. He compares the kingdom to a treasure that has been hidden in a field, and he compares the kingdom to a very, very expensive pearl. He wanted his followers to understand that while most people reject the kingdom, think it's unimportant, think there's no value to it, think it's irrelevant, even foolish. That will not be the attitude of disciples because those who believe in Christ as Lord and Savior will understand that there's nothing, there is nothing more important than Him and salvation. And that's really a very encouraging note for us to understand and truth for us to understand because so often we hear the gospel belittled, don't we? We hear the gospel ridiculed. We hear the gospel scoffed at. By unbelievers, And sometimes we can fall into the trap of really listening too much to that and not appreciating all that we have in Christ. If we aren't careful in our thinking, we can fall into the trap of taking for granted this great salvation that we have. There is nothing more important. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Jesus is the hidden treasure, as we'll see. There is nothing more important, nothing that we should esteem higher than the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation he gives us. And that's really the purpose of these two parables. So my prayer and desire is that these two little parables will stir the hearts of believers this morning to remember just how precious it is to really know and possess Jesus Christ, be a part of his kingdom, and that an understanding of the true value of salvation will help unbelievers as God will use his word to stir them up 
and to want this precious salvation more than anything else in the world. What I want to do is, first of all, look at the background and meaning of these two parables. Unless we understand the background, we're really not going to understand the meaning. So I want to go into the historical background, the culture, look at the basic meaning of these stories, and then look at the deeper spiritual meaning of the parables, of these two parables, and what they're teaching us about Christ's kingdom. So let's begin, first of all, by looking at the background and the meaning of these two parables. Both of the parables, these parables, teach the same basic truth about the kingdom of heaven. Although they do it by using different imagery, different comparisons, uh, different analogies, but they're basically the same message. In the first parable, Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a hidden treasure. Notice verse 44 again. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, and he hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, at first glance, this story is not easy to really understand. In fact, I think it's impossible to understand unless you know something about how expensive items such as... uh, jewelry, money, or even some furniture were protected from theft in the ancient world. This actually would mean very little to you unless you understood something of the culture of that day. So let me explain. In Christ's day, there were no such places as safety deposit boxes in banks to keep valuable items safe. In fact, there were no banks. There was nothing like that. No one brought an item, an expensive item to a bank and hid it there and protected it. People had to make their own arrangements to safeguard their treasures and expensive articles. And most people, interestingly enough, decided against keeping it in their own homes. Why? Because their homes could easily be broken into and robbers could could steal all that they they had. They would never recover them. So most people didn't keep their expensive items at home. Then where did they keep them? Well, one of the methods, the primary method employed by the people of that day was to put their most costly possessions and even excess money, we're not just talking about articles, but even excess money in in a chest or some type of a storage box, and then they would hide that in the ground. They would actually bury it underground. Whenever they needed money or perhaps they wanted to sell any of those expensive items, they would go to the place where they buried it at night so that no one would, would see them. They'd dig up their storage box, remove the valuable item, and then they would just rebury it again. That's how the ancient world worked with treasures and expensive items. That's how they did it in Israel. And not only was this their practice under normal conditions to protect these expensive valuables from thieves breaking into their homes, but they also had to hide their treasures to protect them from being confiscated by invading armies. Remember, Israel was a land that was invaded many, many many times. There were many battles and wars that took place in Israel. And so in order to hide their valuables from looting soldiers, families would bury their most precious items in the ground so they would be out of sight because you never knew when an army would come through your land and invade. However, here's the problem. Sometimes entire families were killed in these battles and in in these wars. Or Sometimes entire families or certain members of families were transported to other lands, such as took place in the Babylonian and Assyrian captivity in Old Testament times. And no one then knew where those treasures were buried because it was a family secret. And if the family's all dead or gone, nobody knows where those treasures are buried. And so over the years, 
with so many wars taking place in Israel and so many Jewish people either being killed or, or taken to other countries, Israel became a land where many treasures were just forgotten and, and unclaimed. These valuable treasures often remain just lost and, and unknown unless someone happened to stumble upon one of them, and that is apparently just what happened in the story that Jesus told this parable. In this parable, Jesus spoke about a man who found one of those lost treasures in a field. That's what the story is about. Now, we aren't told any of the specifics uh, about this hidden treasure. We don't know exactly what it was. Uh, We don't know how this man came across it. It's, It's not important to the story. He may have been a hired day laborer. He certainly was not a slave. Otherwise, he could not have purchased it. But he may have been a hired day laborer and discovered the treasure while he was working in the field. He might have been a man who was renting the field from an owner. Perhaps part of the treasure was just protruding out of the ground, and he just happened to be walking by and and saw it. We we really don't know. It's really not important. But regardless of how this man came across the hidden treasure, Jesus said that once he found it and realized what he had discovered, he knew it was a treasure— He put that treasure back in the ground again and with joy in his heart because he knew the the real value of what he had discovered. He went out, he sold everything that he owned in order to raise the money to purchase the field along with the hidden treasure that was in that field. Now, I want to stop here for a moment and address something, a side issue, but I'm going to do this so you don't stumble over this. Over the years, many students of the Bible have questioned the ethics of of this man, because they feel that he was morally obligated to tell the present owner of the field about the treasure that he found, since they say it rightfully belonged to the owner and that this man was dishonest in obtaining the treasure the way he did. And the reason I want to address this is number one, I don't think he was dishonest at all and unethical, and I'll tell you why. And number two, I don't want you to be distracted by this. That's not the point of the story. And uh, if you miss the point of the story because you're, you're so distracted by this, then that's really a shame. So let me, let me address this. Understand that this parable is not about the man's ethics, even if he was unethical, and I don't think he was, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But even if he was, the parable is not about the man's ethics. It's not what Jesus is teaching. The parable is about this man's willingness to sacrifice everything he possessed just to get this treasure. Now, keep that in mind. Jesus is not making a statement about this man's ethics. However, as far as the man's ethics are concerned, let me tell you why I think he's, he's fine and he was a very honest man. It is helpful to know that the rabbis had a law. It was rabbinical law in that day that when someone found a hidden treasure on someone else's field, they had every legal right to keep what they found. Now, that helps a lot. This man was not doing anything illegal. The rabbi said, if you come across a hidden treasure, the owner doesn't know about it, it's on his field, you come across it, you have every legal right to it. So the man did have a legal right to this treasure because he was the one who found it, regardless of the fact that that the land was owned by someone else and the treasure was buried on it. And keep in mind, there is nothing in this parable that indicates this man didn't tell the owner about the treasure that he found on his property. For all we know, he might have gone to him and told him about it. But the owner didn't have a legal right to it anymore. The man did. In fact, we know this man was not dishonest because he, if he was dishonest, he would have just taken the treasure without buying the entire field. Nobody would have known about that. He found it, would have picked it up and walked off with it. The owner didn't know it was there. He was an honest man. 
If he was dishonest, he would not have purchased the entire field. So understand, the man was ethical, and uh, don't let that distract you. The parable is not about his ethics. The parable and the primary point of the parable is that this man was willing to surrender all that he had just to obtain this precious treasure that had been hidden in the ground for who knows how long. Now, we know that that's the primary lesson here. We absolutely know that that is the primary message of this parable because in the second story that Jesus gave, he spoke about a similar situation in which a man found something so valuable that likewise he sold all that he owned to purchase it. See, folks, that's the point of the parable. You find something valuable like this, both these men sold everything they had just to purchase it. So don't get hung up on the, on the ethics. And notice verses 45 and 46, which is a similar story, though the, the comparison is a little bit different, but the similar point. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great price, he went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Notice the similarity. Now, in this parable, the story is about a merchant, not, not one who stumbles upon a hidden treasure in a field. This is a man, a merchant, who travels around the world seeking fine pearls. That's his business. He's a wholesale merchant in search of the finest pearls available, which he would then purchase and then sell to retailers. That's his business. And apparently this merchant was a very wealthy man because pearls in that day were very, very, very expensive. Only the wealthy, wealthiest people could afford pearls. They were, they were very rare. They were found in either the Persian Gulf or the Indian Ocean. Pearls, in fact, were so valuable, so expensive that, that wealthy people, as I said, were the only ones who could afford them. It is estimated that the two pearls that were owned by Cleopatra were worth the equivalent of several million dollars each based on today's economy. So you understand this is a very, very wealthy man. And so this wealthy merchant certainly understood the value of pearls. That was his business. That was his, his livelihood. Jesus said that during one of this man's travels, we don't know where, it's not important where, a travel though in which he was looking for fine pearls, this merchant came across a particular pearl that in value and worth surpassed any other pearl that he had ever seen. This was unsurpassed in value. This was exquisite. This was exceptional. There was no other pearl that he had ever seen that compared to this. And he wanted this pearl so badly that he was willing to sell everything that he had, which must have been a lot because he was a very wealthy man. He did it, though. Everything he sold, all of his other pearls included, he sold just to raise the money necessary to purchase this one very costly pearl. So you can see from these two parables that the main thing that they have in common is that both of these men in the stories found something that was so valuable that they didn't hesitate to sell everything they owned just to purchase those precious items. Now, in, in light of this common truth, we need to discover then what's the, the main spiritual lesson that Jesus is teaching. We know it's about his kingdom, but what is it? So understand the, the story. Understand the basic story, and I hope that's, that's clear to you. That's the background. That's the meaning of it. A man finds a hidden treasure, sells everything he can just to get that one treasure. A man finds an expensive 
valuable pearl, sells everything he has just to purchase that one pearl. So what's the main then spiritual lesson that Jesus was teaching in these two parables? If the purpose, as we said, of the parables, according to Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, the purpose is to explain the nature of the kingdom, then the question is, in what way is a hidden treasure and a costly pearl like the kingdom? Listen closely. This is it. The primary truth that Jesus wanted his followers to understand, he wants us to understand from these two parables, is that his kingdom is like a hidden treasure and a costly pearl in the sense that once someone discovers salvation, which is just another way of saying his kingdom, they want it more than anything else in the world, and they are willing to give up everything to obtain it. Everything. In other words, the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ is absolutely priceless. It is so valuable that it's like a precious treasure and a priceless pearl. That's our salvation. Yes, that's what these parables teach us, that salvation in Jesus Christ is the most valuable thing in the whole world that we could ever imagine. So it's worth the price to leave everything else aside to follow Jesus. In our next lesson, Pastor Steve will bring out some additional truths from these two stories of the hidden treasure and the costly pearl. Be sure to join us then. Don't forget to request the book, Timeless Truths from a Faithful Shepherd, when you send in a contribution of any size to Verse by Verse. You may write to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Or call us at 727-239-0300. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.